to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp uh oh man this is weird i'm zach I, and i'm czar yeah peaches isn't joining us today because he's on his way back home so we can hang out with him later yeah before we get started for the day do y'all want to hear the latest reason i'm really pissed off at nintendo yeah yeah <laughs> but before that right, i right, want to so- make a bigger point about peaches coming back because I am meeting Peaches for the first time, and that's going to be great. For the first time in four. I can't <laughs> sing anymore that song, but yeah. I can't believe you've never met Peaches before. I know, right? Prepare to be underwhelmed. I'm I'm the guy in this group that everyone looks at and they're like, who the fuck do you know here? Who invited you? <laughs> who, do you who do you know here? <laughs> All right, so back to my Nintendo anecdote. Now, as everybody knows, I was an extremely good boy last year and I got myself an OLED switch, right? Which means I had to transfer everything over to my new switch. Now, to be fair, it was actually a fairly easy process, right? Here's what my problem is. When you use the cloud data from your original switch to bring everything to the new switch, it works for every single game except for one. Zach, do you know what that game is? (laughs) <laughs> Animal Crossing and Pokemon. An- it's two. Animal Crossing New Horizons, right? <laughs> now, I, I haven't played Animal Crossing since my old Switch, but I was in the mood to play it the other day. So I popped it in to the OLED Switch and was devastated to find there was no option to continue playing my new game or my old game. There was only an option to start my new game. You still have your old Switch? I do. So... I started panicking, right? I was uh-huh. like, oh my God, because I didn't see the save data. I didn't see any way to get my old island back. But luckily, I pulled out my old switch, charged it because it died two months ago. And was like, oh, thank God. I knew you'd come back for me. And I'm like, shh, it's okay, little buddy. It's, it's okay. And very, very luckily, the only piece of data that was saved from my old switch was my old Animal Crossing island. So... I had to download a specific Animal Crossing app from the App Store onto both of my new, uh, both my old and my new Switch. And luckily, I was able to save my island that I have sunk a little under 200 hours into. So it all worked out. But why does Nintendo, why were they not more candid about that being a problem? They were. Right? They, like They did. We did news segments on it, JP. I don't remember this. You roasted them for this exact same reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> rightly so. Then my roasts were justified. But what if I were one of those people that sold my Switch as soon as I got the OLED? I'm really lucky that I don't like to sell my gaming equipment for that exact reason. Right? But like if I were one of those people where I got an OLED and I did a quick search like, oh, all my stuff is here. Great. I can sell my 
old Switch, right? Like my island would have been gone. Yeah, that's... I'm just saying. No, I, I see your frustration there, and I feel like your frustration is pretty justified. It's just, it's weird to me that they have to include a, an external software, like a third part, not even third party, but just extra steps to save save data that should have already been transferred that they probably do have the capability to automatically transfer. I don't know, it's just, that's weird. Yeah. I don't know why Animal Crossing was treated differently. And Pokemon. I was sweating bullets. And Pokemon. And yeah. Pokemon. But Pokemon Home right. worked like it's supposed to. But again, that's a different app. And people have to be aware of that. I I don't know. Like, even if Nintendo was... Like, Nintendo needs to put out more PSAs about things like that. That's all I'm saying. Because I got lucky. I got lucky that I still had my old Switch. And that despite the fact that I wiped the old memory card, because that's what you have to do when you transfer the data... My island was still safe and sound. Yeah, because the island is based on each switch because it's based on like how like they integrated it. It's my understanding. Right. So like they made it so that like if Krista plays my switch, she's playing on my island, even though she can have her own technical villager. Um, right. I, I don't know why they would do that and not just make it each save file is its own island because then it would process a lot easier. But I, I don't know. It was like they thought family first, maybe, but. I agree. It's it's turned into a big bullshit, scary thing like that. Because that's your that's your COVID your COVID relief was Animal Crossing. Let's be real here. I was so happy when I got my island back. Yeah, you're totally right, Zach. That is my COVID relief. Got your four hundred dollar check. You bought a switch. You bought Animal Crossing. You didn't go outside. That's just what you did. <laughs> my it's literally my thesis. My thesis that's going to earn me a master's degree is over Animal Crossing. Do you know how depressed I would have been if I was no longer able to access my island? Like, I was so happy I went back onto my island and I just went up to each villager and I gave them a present. You know, like, not great presents. Like, one person got a peach, someone got a shirt, but I was just like, <laughs> presents for everybody. Your world was almost destroyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, that's great. Bye. Wow. Is this the plot of Free Guy? <laughs> All right, I'm done. That's all I have to complain about. I, just, <laughs> I almost lost my villagers. They're good. They're all happy. All right, everything's everything's good now. We're fine. Anyway, Czar, how would you like to do the itinerary for today? I can do the itinerary for us today. Today on the podcast, we got some awkward topics. What else is new? First, we are talking about Sony watching all of the Activision Blizzard debacle and thinking to themselves, <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> Sony is also doing a state of play, so JP gets to talk twice. Great. After that, we got Overwatch 2, and that's apparently happening much sooner than expected. Some quick takes, and then we will close out the episode with game releases. All right. So this first article belongs to me. Let's start out by talking about PlayStation a little bit. This article is coming to us from Axios.com, written by Stephen Totillo. So thank you, Stephen. Let's get into the article a little bit. Eight more women, former and current employees at Sony PlayStation, have added their accounts of sexist treatment to a proposed class action lawsuit against the gaming giant. The new declarations add to former IT security analyst Emma Maho's assertion that PlayStation, like many other game companies, has long had a workplace culture that is hostile towards women. 
Majo filed a gender discrimination suit against PlayStation last November, not just for what she says is her own wrongful termination after complaining about sexism, but on behalf of all women who have worked for the company. Now, of course, PlayStation tried to uh, toss the lawsuit by, you know, a bunch of lawsuit mumbo jumbo from their lawyers, specifically saying that Maho failed to identify a single policy, practice or procedure that allegedly formed the basis of any widespread intentional discrimination or discriminatory impact. So in response, Maho's attorney went to eight other women who had filed statements against PlayStation to start getting testimonials together to create more of basically an impact on the lawsuit. So that is where we're at right now. Um, the question I have for you two is, what the fuck? Ugh, that just... The fuck? That's awful. And it sounded like they were trying to dismiss this lawsuit on a technicality. Like, oh, none of these complaints met any criteria of what we're looking for. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Ugh. I think I think the bullshit thing about that is that, like... Um, you know, the lawyers at Sony were more on the fence of, they were more on the side of like, well, they're not technically discriminating uh, through our policies, right? So you can't sue us. And it's like, yeah, because we shouldn't, you shouldn't have to write a policy that says don't be a piece of shit towards women. Like, I feel like that's missing the entire fucking point. Yeah, sexual misconduct is sexual misconduct and should not happen. End of story. The thing to know here is that, like, this kind of goes hand in hand into everything we've been talking about recently with Bobby Kotek and everything going off with Activision Blizzard and the whole Microsoft thing. Like, this is all just another piece to the bigger puzzle. I don't know. Like, it it's bumming me out because I'm sick of talking about things like this every week. Do you remember when, like, the gaming industry used to be this whimsical, amazing thing that people just felt like it was such a privilege to be a part of? I you remember that I miss talking about how big of a flop Warcraft three was and how shitty it was to the players, not devs and employees being treated inhumanly like fuck up a mm. game or two. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. Zach, what are you, some of your feelings towards this? Um, I just uh, I just bought a new uh, case for my PS Vita that I never use. And I bought a new case for my Nintendo 3DS XL that I never use. I am very much with you guys. I am shopping the pain away. <laughs> Shop the pain away. Shop the pain away. Uh, and that's not to like... This is fucked up. It sucks that it's it just keeps fucking happening. It sounds like Sony will sadly get away with it. Um, based on the lawyer talk. But hopefully it maybe at least gets to civil court. Does that happen in Japan? That has to happen in Japan, right? <laughs> I I mean, I don't know exactly what Japan's laws are. <laughs> I don't either. I'm, Someone educate us. We want to learn. We we just like people being treated with respect, okay? We like memes <laughs> and being silly, but not at the expense of other people's sanity. All right. We like memes and Mario Party. Keep it simple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, Zach, your gen your sentiments are genuinely like they're genuine, though, right? Because it's like you said, I feel like we're beating a dead horse. But why are we feeling like that when we're talking about like horrible, horrible misconduct within the gaming industry, this industry that we love so much? It's just like 
it's becoming so... It's one of those things where it's crazy to think that we're becoming numb to it to a point, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of like not a direct comparison to the NFL, but there's a few select companies that like, oh, it's such a privilege to work for that you put up with certain misconduct and like the people who are in charge of these big companies, they get a big head and then they think that people shouldn't be treated correctly. And it's just like this, I don't know if it's a fallacy per se, but it's like, yeah, it's you, you, you work for Ubisoft. They're a huge company. They had this conduct. You work for Blizzard. They're a huge company. Have a lawsuit. PlayStation. God, I hope Xbox. Xbox had a thing. Uh, Nintendo has ninjas. So if they had a thing, it's probably been hidden. Let's be real. But I hope they haven't had a thing. And then like if it's not sexism or treating me like shit, it's like, I guess it's still treating people like shit. There's like CD Project Red where they had to crunch. And right. it just, yeah. I hope that this stuff gets... I think Peaches is right. It's going to have to get unionized or something because clearly this is going to be an ongoing problem. And I guess that's why I want to take more of like an optimistic approach to articles like this, which, by the way, is not an easy task. Like, I'm not saying that it's easy to try and find the silver lining with shit like this that comes up like every other fucking week. But if there is, what I would say is that like if you're one of those people that have had some kind of instance like this in the gaming industry you need to come forward right you need to keep going because like the mistreatment and the momentum that you keep on going that's how we get to a better place within the industry right definite emma maho she's not the first person who this has happened to right and she feels like she had a wrongful termination due to her coming forward and trying to fix this and that's horrible it's not easy to be that person but the truth is she's a hero in this matter Because despite putting herself in jeopardy of a place where now she has to worry about, like, how she's going to make money, how she's going to sustain herself, she still decided to push and go, no, I'm not going to settle for this within the gaming industry, right? Well, yeah, It is a privilege to be working here, but we want it to be equitable and fair to everybody. That's a part of it. And this this Maho's career is essentially dead after this because being terminated any other game development she tries to get a job with is going to be like, oh, well, you got fired. No, we're not going to hire you. Like if they didn't want you, we're not going to take a chance on you. And that hopefully won't be because of this, like the, the, the talking out. I do want to make sure we get Peach's this point. This is not to detract attention from Activision Blizzard, but to point out that we have mentioned this is a widespread problem. All right, so Peaches is with JP on that one. Just making sure we're clear, because right. Peaches made sure he wrote that, and someone here said it. Yeah, okay. it's it's bolded in all caps. We wanted to make that abundantly clear. Mm-hmm. What I really, really like about what we're doing is, like, we don't actually have a stake as commentators, like, in the overall, like, I guess, like, the big game of being a part of the gaming industry, right? No, like, but we can still be pissed off about it. You're damn right. And the point that I want to make is that, like, we're in a unique position where, like, as long as we're in a spot where we keep talking about stories like this and we keep advocating for, like, fair treatment and maybe even unionization efforts, like, even though it seems like we're beating a dead horse and even though it seems like we don't have as much of an impact as we want to have, like, talking about this matters and putting it in the spotlight matters. And if you want real change to happen, this is how you make it happen. I guess it's like. That's like the optimist in me. That's why, like, I think it's important that we're talking about this, 
And despite the fact that it's heartbreaking to hear about people like Emma Majo or Maho or however you say her last name, like it's important. It's important. We're doing good work. Not to not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but it's good that we're talking about this. Yeah. Well, that, that's what needs to happen. Everyone needs to keep this discussion and this conversation open until the problem is solved. And like we continually say, the solution is probably going to be unionization. I totally agree. Just having somebody who's fighting on behalf of the devs, you know, who don't have to be fearful of not being able to be a part of the gaming industry anymore if they decide that they want to come forward and they want to fight. That's the fear. That's why people like Emma Maho, she's a hero. Absolutely. She really is. All right. Well, I don't want to beat a dead horse anymore. What are we talking about next? Well, uh... oh, hey, look at that. More PlayStation news. Yeah. You get to keep talking. I love to talk. All right. So on the flip side of the coin, the positive side of PlayStation, we had a PlayStation state of play last week. Now, here's the odd thing is like the state of play, the first state of play that I can remember, especially the most impactful one happened with the introduction of the PS5, right? And it was a kind of clear that every big gaming company wanted to take a piece of Nintendo's pie there, where it was like Nintendo was really the first one to come up with an individual personalized showcase of everything just for Nintendo, right? And oh, baby, have they been up and down? They have been. But you know what? I got to hand it to Nintendo. They like the reason why they kill it is because they've figured out how to taper expectations by like, you know, uh, Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase, Nintendo Direct Mini, full-on Nintendo Directs. Like, they've learned how to kind of categorize their Directs in a way that helps taper expectations. Now, it doesn't always work because Nintendo fans are hard to please, uh, including me, and I've, I'm very much aware of that. Yahoo! <laughs> PlayStation is just not at the same spot yet with their state of plays. Whether you're talking about an hour and a half long event or just like a small 20 to 30 minute event, like, it's all state of play, and I feel like that's why it's been so hard for PlayStation to taper those expectations. So, the last state of play that we got was one that I would consider, like, a medium to smaller state of play event, right? We had, like, they talked about, like, 12 to 15 games, and it was all mostly stuff that, not mostly, but it was a lot of stuff we already knew about. Some gameplay trailers, just a big mosh podge of smaller things, right? We didn't get anything about God of War, which is what most people were expecting. We didn't get a lot of them talking about, you know, their latest huge release, which was the big Horizon Zero Dawn, right? Nothing like that. Instead, what we got was a few of the smaller things. So I'm going to be completely honest. I feel like there was a lot more smaller things not to, that weren't too exciting relative to the latest and greatest. So... Let's start by talking about what I was super excited about. Did you guys see Exo Primal, which was I one of the first things that they talked about? What'd you think of this game? This was kind of like the mechs mixed in with dinosaurs, which I actually thought was pretty cool. Uh, Zach, what'd you think of this? Um, I like dinosaurs. I like mechs. I wish this was Dino Crisis. What'd you think, JP? Actually, I want to get Zar's take, too. I was really confused at first because it looked like Anthem to me. Mm. Like the exosuits that everyone kept getting into looked very reminiscent of Anthem. Um, I also felt really bad for the dinosaurs because I don't think those dinosaurs were evil. 
they were just pooped into another dimension and like, what the fuck? Where are we? Everybody run in a straight line. Right. Right. Like you'd be upset too. Yeah. They just poured out of these portals and it's like, what the fuck? You just fall a hundred feet to the ground on top of a pile of other dinosaurs. And then people are just surprised that you're acting a little crazy. Right. And like, you got to feel bad for the first few that got vomited into our dimension because, you know, those fuckers died like they hit the ground and they were just padding for the rest of the army. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I thought that was cool. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo. Now, this if you remember, this is one of the games that I was personally really excited for. And it's clear that PlayStation is trying to kind of garner a little bit more hype for it as well. We do have this coming out on, I want to say, let's see, what is it? March, March 25th, March 25th, 2022. Now, here's the challenge with that. There's another game coming out on March 25th. Do you guys know what it is? Uh Uh-oh. Uh, uh, sorry. It it involves our favorite round pink friend who is not a Pokemon character. Uh, uh, Jigglypuff. Uh, Jigglypuff. Shit. Fuck. Guys, what the fuck? <laughs> um, not is not Jigglypuff. Qbert, Meta Knight. It's Meta Knight without his without his cloak. Meta Knight's not pink. Without his cloak, he might be. You've never seen him. That's I fair. Yes, that's fair. Okay, um, I'm gonna help you. It's Kirby. It's Kirby. It's fucking Kirby. We've been talking. <laughs> what? God damn it! I'm still guessing Qbert. It's Qbert's <laughs> last release was in 1983. I feel I feel a revive. <laughs> revive of Qbert. <laughs> My dad would be thrilled. He'd be like, "Hell yeah, yeah! Finally, a game for us." <laughs> All right, so Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, we've talked about this game a little bit. I'm very excited about it. Coming out March 25th. I think it's going to be really cool. Forspoken, we got some new gameplay for Forspoken, and this was the turnaround point for me, because if you remember, I have not been all that psyched for Forspoken, right? And mostly because, like, I didn't think the story looks like anything extravagant. Um, But I got to admit, the gameplay looks fucking amazing. What do you guys think so far? Like, I, I know you two were a lot more hyped about Forspoken than I was, but did the trailer we got here get you any more excited i'm glad that it's coming out this year yes yes i thought it was gonna get delayed is it october 22nd 23rd they're giving us october 11th for forespoken which um i think they'll be able to hit because the gameplay and everything already looks really polished they're probably like in the process of finishing it up like now so i think october 11th is pretty realistic i i have not gotten to my PlayStation as much as I would like. But yeah, that'll probably be a game that I pick up on sale. I wish I I, I wish I had infinite money to buy it full price, but <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? I bought Horizon and Elden Ring full price. I'm going to play Elden Ring a little bit more, but I'm just just not getting to play these games as quick as I'd like. I mean, to be fair, this is coming out October 11th. You got seven months to make more money. It's not even it's just like the value. Just not I'm not playing my games like I literally just swiped my PS5. A lot of dust on my hand now, guys. <laughs> that poor PS5. That's okay, baby. I love you. I love you. It's not you, it's me. I love you. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. I don't know why I went to go get a Masters. It's, it's my fault. 
I w it's me. It's my fault for wanting to continue my education. I'll come back to you. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to derail the conversation. No, no. You're <laughs> it's emotional. I mean, you might be in the same spot where I am, Zach, where like you're meh about Forspoken at first. And then you're like, fuck, this kind of looks good. I like Peaches was the first one to go like this game looks amazing. And now I'm on that boat. You guys might be next. Maybe not you, Zar, because you're a broke bitch and don't have a PlayStation. Yeah. <sighs> don't worry, it'll get better in 2024. Will it? Maybe. We'll see. Not at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few other things. Gundam Evolution looks really cool. Um, I know we knew a little bit about this game already. What's really cool is one, it's free to play, it's great with multiplayer, and I said this the last time a Gundam game came up, but I've been looking to get into Gundam games. They just, like, mech-style games. They look really cool. They look fucking awesome. It looks like Overwatch, but eh. with Gundams. Pretty much. I don't know if that's a fair thing. <laughs> it literally just goes so fast, and I'm excited for it. And if there's any G Gundams, I'm going to be doing some microtransactioning. Sar, what about you? Are you a Gundam guy? Uh, I, I used Mets, to like anything? the anime back in like 90s, 2000s when I was a kid. Um, I was honestly, this one caught me out of left field because I was not expecting a revive of Gundam. And I mean, that may not actually be accurate because they're, they may have kept making Gundam games and I just didn't know about it. Could very well be. I mean, if they have been making Gundam games, they've been more under the table. I don't yeah. know much about the Gundam game series, to be honest with you. I'm sure there's been other games that have come out in the last few years. But like, if that's true, then it hasn't really been on top of the limelight until now where they're really focusing on Gundam Evolution. Yeah. And see, I would have thought that I would have heard about a revive of the Gundam TV show before I heard about a new game. But, you know, maybe... Maybe I'm just an idiot and Gundam is still running and there's a bunch of Gundam fans out there that are like, are you fucking kidding me? This series has never died. <laughs> it's like, yeah, OK, Grandpa. <laughs> um, The only other thing I would say that I have like relative excitement for is the TMNT Kawabunga collection. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Like, that's pretty hype, right? I think so. Which uh, which one are you going to play first, JP? You get 13 turtle games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 13 fucking TMNT games. You know what? Um, It's one of two right now. Turtles in Time for the Super Nintendo. Did you guys ever play that? Oh, yeah. I've heard nothing. Everyone hypes it up all the time. It's on, like, all these top 25 lists, and I'm like, hmm. Right. Here's my chance. Right. And now, yeah, because this is coming out. Uh, It's saying no later than 22. This should be out. 2022. So Turtles in Time, which was Super Nintendo. Um, and you know what? I just love the old TMNT arcade. So probably one of the arcade games that are coming out for this, too. Uh, Zach, what about you? Oh, mine's Turtles in Time. Most definitely. Turtles in Time. Hell yeah, um, for sure. The Game Boy one looks really fun, too. Like, I just like the Game Boy colors when they like overdo the contrast. And then like you play it and it's just like, whoa, these colors are oh. popping. It gives you that Game Boy feel, man, for sure. It's it's hard to replicate that in a really good way, but oh, so good. What are you thinking, Zar? Hmm? Oh, yeah, I, hmm? I want this collection. This collection looks awesome. Um, I think it was Turtles in Time that 
I, I played back in the day on the Super Nintendo. I don't know if there were more than one Turtles games on the on the SNES, but some of my uh, most 80s Ninja Turtles, dude, all the time. Yeah, some of my fondest memories were on a Super Nintendo in a basement in the 90s. Just yes, constantly hours and hours of Turtles. It was awesome. That is yes, dude, I'm telling you. I've also like anything arcadey, especially like I don't know if how much they've talked about the multiplayer capabilities of these games yet, but I'm assuming it's like some type of integration will be there or if it's not there immediately, it'll come out eventually. I'm excited for this. I think this is really cool. Um, hey, um, but it comes what? to the switch. So we're going to get on switch, right? I'm going to be honest, probably <laughs> hope so. I'm not. This isn't to me like a PlayStation which is funny because it's, of course, in this state of play. This has Switch written all over it. Hell, oh, yeah. most of these are Switch consoles or Nintendo consoles. Well, we were just talking about uh, SNES Turtle games and Game Boy Turtle games. We did not mention PlayStation once in there. Mm hmm. Exactly. PlayStation. Mm. Nintendo. Eh. Yeah. If only Sony had some sort of portable console. <laughs> that they didn't give up on that. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, I I mean, I will say that, like, as a guy who owns multiple game consoles, like each console has its own integrated purpose, right? Like if I if I want the greatest when it comes to just graphics, it's PC for sure. Right. Like I just bought Elden Ring. I bought that for PC. If I want something that's a little more like doesn't need that graphics fidelity, but like I value being able to play it on the go. And maybe if it's like more of like an indie or retro title, for sure switch. And then if I just wait, want... wait, 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 what? Hold on, JP, say fidelity again. Fidelity. There you go. Thank you. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm done. That That's all I wanted. <laughs> And then, like, if I need, like, the both of best world, like, if I just want to sit on a couch and get in some good old fashioned gaming, right? Like, the PS5 is where I go. But, like, so TMNT would fall in, like, the second of those categories where it's like, it doesn't need the graphics fidelity. Yeah. But it'd be something fun to, like, co op and play. That's the other thing co op, like, bringing it over to people's houses. That's got Switch written all over it. So. Hell yes, this is a Switch title. I know it was in the PlayStation State of Play, but it will be on the, my Switch. <laughs> One way or the other. So that's about it for things I was really excited for from the State of Play. Everything else was kind of just meh. Like introducing some things that I think some people are going to be really excited for, like... The one thing I wasn't super into that I've seen a lot of people talking about is that fucking game for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to come up. People love that anime so much. It's got one of the most dedicated anime fan bases I've ever seen. Um, and they, I don't even know if this is the first game. I don't think it is for JoJo's Bizarre. But like, this is more of like that sneaky, like, look out for this because there's a lot of people really excited about it. I'm just not one of them. That's fair. Other than that, Valkyrie Elysium. Um, seemed to get a little bit of hype. Uh, Returnal is getting a little bit of an update where I think they're introducing some multiplayer capabilities um, and a new co-op mode and a new area, which is good because a lot of people really liked Returnal. 
And of course, we've got like Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy, like Square is always working on something with Final Fantasy that's not the next big Final Fantasy game. It's everything except that because it's Square. Um, and other than that, it was just a bunch of other little titles that honestly I thought were just meh. So, like, I would give this state of play a C plus, maybe a B minus. Probably a C plus. It's just until PlayStation learns how to cater fan expectations with state of play like Nintendo's done with their directs, like, you know, people were expecting this to be where they got God of War news. And nothing here on this list, even though there were some cool things, even came close to that. Mm, and it's, beca it's because PlayStation has not learned how to cater those expectations. Yes, Zach? You gave the Nintendo Direct a B plus. Correct. And now you're giving this state of play a C plus. Yes. C plus is like starting to get into like mediocre. And what is B plus for you? Like above average, like a very good showcase. Mm. That's a whole letter grade difference, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, well, what about you guys? If you were to give this a grade, because you, I know you both got it on it, too. What about you, Zach? What would you give it? Oh, a D. <laughs> a D? Really? Oh, yeah. It'd be a D plus. That makes you feel better, but a D nonetheless. <laughs> D for dud. I feel like there was... You know what? I could see you justifying that. I think there was enough to save it from getting into the super mediocre territory. But C plus is what I give it. D is fair. Zar, what about you? I'm going to give it a straight up C. Like just right mm. in the middle there. There wasn't too much hype. There was a lot that was kind of dull. A lot I did just wasn't interested in. Um, and I mean, I feel like this state of play was just shadow dropped. Like the day before everyone was like, oh, there's a state of play tomorrow. And for a 20 minute, like a 23 minute state of play, I think that's that's a pretty fair grade. Right. I totally agree. Let me ask you this. What was your guys's favorite inclusion? What was your favorite thing you saw? Mm, probably the Gundam game. OK, Gundam Evolution. That's fair, because that looks like it's super hype. OK, wait, what about you, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. TMNT. Yeah. Sorry, I had to steal both. <laughs> Cow a bummer. <laughs> See, that was Have you ever cool. seen that meme? That, yeah. I don't know who made this meme, but it's like Batman and Raphael. And Batman's like, this is where my parents died, Raphael. And Raphael goes, cow a bummer. Cow a bummer, man. <laughs> yeah, that game was cool, but I, it just wasn't hype. Like, I, it's hard for me to get hyped for 30-year-old collection of games. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo looked cool. I think that's about it for me. Maybe Exo Primal. I'm super excited about Ghostwire, yeah. Yeah. What about, um, Zar, what about, like, for some reason, I was thinking of you with uh, Exo, Exo Primal. Like, it seemed like something you would play, the dinosaur game. Yeah, that that seems like something I'd pick up and have a little bit of fun with. Um, maybe not for a long period of time, but that's definitely a game I would check out just to see why it's so crazy. I mean, when you have a forecast of predicted dinosaur invasions as a weather channel, that's, <laughs> that, that sparks my interest. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> and today we have a 45% chance of dino invasion. Better stay indoors. 
I will say that with Zach, why are you FaceTiming me? Zach is FaceTiming me. Hello? <laughs> hey, my uh, internet just gave out. Uh, oh! What's going on? Zach's, inter Zach's internet just gave out, and he's FaceTiming me. Oh no! Zach, you're on the air. Is there anything you want to say before we get you out of here? Uh, God damn it, CenturyLink. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, cut your recording, but make sure you save it, and Zara and I will just finish this up. Yeah, we'll just we'll right. finish the episode and. I want to talk about Overwatch. Oh, oh yeah, isn't that convenient? Zach doesn't get to talk about Overwatch. Oh well. Oh well. Good luck. All right, we'll see you later, man. Re save the recording. All right, well you heard it here first. Zach hates you all, and Zara and I, and he abandoned us. Where'd he go? I'm so lonely. Oh, what about me? <laughs> What if, what about you? What about you? <laughs> well, I guess we just keep moving forward. We're down a man and three toes, but wait, did he just join again? I think he's trying. Oh, well, we'll keep on going. Oh, All right. no. Well, I'll tell you what, Zar, you haven't had the opportunity to talk. In fact, nobody's had an opportunity to talk because it's been all PlayStation news. But Overwatch 2 beta is dropping in April. How would you like to talk about that a little bit? All right. So... As you mentioned, JP, Overwatch 2 is going into beta in April, and Blizzard now plans to release the PvP portion sooner. And this is coming to us from Polygon.com, written by Michael McWhirter. McWhirter? Yeah, something like that. So thank you very much, Michael. Um, Overwatch 2 is now playable in newly launched closed alpha test. Blizzard Entertainment announces Thursday a playable beta test for Overwatch 2 aimed at larger groups of players will launch on PC in quotations late April. Interesting. Now, Blizzard says it's changing its release plan for Overwatch 2, decoupling the game's PvP and PvE elements in an attempt to get the sequel's competitive multiplayer content into players' hands much sooner while it continues work on a single player and cooperative content. The Overwatch game director, uh, Aaron Keller, announced the change in strategy for Overwatch 2 in an update on Thursday. He revealed that new alpha test will be playable by Blizzard employees, Overwatch League pros, and a few other selected groups while the forthcoming beta will launch in all regions for a bigger but still closed audience. So if you want to sign up for this beta, uh, you can actually go on to Overwatch's website and click on the link to cast your hand and maybe you'll get to play the, the beta, which is kind of neat. Um, how do you feel about this, JP? We, we got some Overwatch 2 news and I'm feeling a little bit out of my element here since I've never actually played Overwatch. All right. I have put so much fucking time into Overwatch. Um, in a time, because like, obviously you know me, Zar. I love story-driven games, and because of that, like, I just don't play multiplayer games very often. I get one multiplayer game every once in a while, and I stick to it. Right now it's Yu-Gi-Oh!, which I don't even know if you could call that multiplayer, to be honest with you. But for a while, I did play Overwatch, and I really liked it. So, 
first of all, let's address the elephant in the room. Because of everything going on with Activision Blizzard right now, automatically Overwatch 2 is giving me a really bad taste in my mouth, right? Now, that's obvious because of everything going on, right? Yeah. Let's not beat the dead horse anymore. Let's just avoid that conversation because obviously that elephant is there and just go on to how I feel about Overwatch 2 in general. Agreed. We've already we've already talked depressing stuff today. Yeah, exactly. So I just want to talk about the game because this is a gaming podcast, damn it. Yeah. I still just don't think there's enough here to be able to justify Overwatch 2. I think the whole entire reason that they wanted to do Overwatch 2 is because, like, obviously Overwatch has been getting free updates since the game came out. And this has included, I don't even know how many new characters, but I think it's around a dozen at this point. A dozen new characters, new maps, new game modes. Like, the game's been getting just constant updates, which is cool, right? But the hype wasn't going to last forever. So first of all, in my opinion, Overwatch 2 isn't offering enough to justify a brand new game. And the whole reason it's dropping in the first place is to kind of reset the hype timer, if that makes sense. Like, I think hearing about Overwatch 2 is getting people really excited um, who really like Overwatch. But the truth is, like, I just don't think there's going to be enough content there to justify another $60 game. Right. I think I agree Um, with you. That makes that makes a lot of sense. It just feels like Overwatch 1.5 and like all of these characters, maps, game modes, they could have just been chucked into Overwatch in patches and season updates. I I totally agree The the biggest thing, like, first of all, they're making a really big deal about hero reworks um, between I think right now they're talking about like Orisa, Doomfist, Bastion, Sombra, um, who, by the way, have all for the most part already gotten reworks. But that's kind of my point is like they're making a big deal about hero reworks. Right. But they've already been doing that. And I don't understand why they're trying to make a super big deal about that as like a reason to think that this next Overwatch is going to be bigger. Some characters aren't even the same fucking characters anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I'm I'm trying to think of her right now. She was one of the original characters. Okay, hold on this because this is going to drive me crazy. Original Overwatch roster. We're missing our fact checker. I think it's Symmetra I'm thinking of. Let me check, though. Yeah, okay, it's Symmetra. So Symmetra is one of the healers right now. She literally doesn't have any of the same moves that she had when she was originally introduced to the game. She's been reworked more than any other character, right? But that can be said about almost anybody. In fact, it's more rare to see a character who still has their original moveset, like Tracer or... I can't even say Hanzo. Hanzo got a moveset change. Um, Here's the point I'm trying to make. The point is, like, Hero Reworks is something they've been doing since Overwatch started, so to try and claim that that's this brand new awesome thing they're doing is just untrue. Hmm. Um, Other than that, like, the big change is from their competitive multiplayer going from a 6v6 to a 5v5. Is that a noticeable change? I mean, yeah, it's definitely going to change up the meta a lot, only having 5v5, but again, not one that I think you can use as a justification to make a brand new fucking game. If you want to talk about what they could have done, if Overwatch 2 
had created a story mode, which fans have been begging for, begging for, for a long time. Like, then you would have been able to talk about, like, maybe a new $60 game. Like, I still don't think you could have justified that over, like, just DLC, but that would have given them something to work with. In well, my opinion, they just don't have enough right now. What, what were you going to say? Well, and I was going to say, uh, and earlier in the article, we did mention that um, Blizzard is changing its release plan for Overwatch 2 so that it can reshape its PvP and PvE elements so that it can continue to work on, like, a single player and cooperative con content, which may, like you said, justify a new $60 price tag for a brand new game. But it can also be very hit and miss because is this single is this single player going to be like a multiplayer tutorial? You know, like how if anybody remembers Evolved and that PV monster, Ooh, that was a good game Four v one game. It's single player was just to teach you how to play the multiplayer. Right. No story or anything. And so if they do that for Overwatch 2, that definitely doesn't justify a price tag on a new game. I don't think so either. I think it's just like an attempt to get the hype regenerated for Overwatch. Yeah. So you add the elephant of like everything going on with Activision Blizzard with all the things I think about Overwatch 2 as a game. I do not think that they can justify doing this, um, creating a new price tag. Uh, do I think that's going to stop people? No, because I mean, to be fair, Overwatch has been out for how many years now? Yeah, I don't even know. It's been around forever. It has. It's been around for so long. I want to say like 2015 or something, right? That sounds right. And I definitely feel like people have gotten their money's worth from Overwatch. But as it stands, I don't think they can justify a $60 game with features that barely change anything. I just don't think they can. And that's how I feel about that. Again, I don't think that's going to stop anybody. But <laughs> yeah, that just because they shouldn't doesn't mean that they won't. Right. And I also do have to give credit where it's due. Activision Blizzard did a lot for Overwatch fans, right? They added so much free content to Overwatch, right? They like they did. They they put in the work with Overwatch. They really did. But still. All right, man. What do we have left today? Well, we got some quick takes here and some game releases. You want to speed through these? All right. Let's take a look at some of the quick takes. So first of all, Gran Turismo's microtransactions are live and GT Sports $5 cars now cost $40. <sighs> oh, boy. OK, yeah. so first of all, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Look, I know Peaches hates car game, right? I know he does. My whole thing with microtransactions are as long as it's not a pay to win. Like if it's a cosmetic thing, I honestly don't care that much about microtransactions. How do you feel? I'm I'm the same way. Um, but then there are games like this Gran Turismo where, yeah, it's kind of multiplayer, but a lot of people have fun in the single player because they get to showcase all their fancy stuff. What I have a big problem with is this article talks about this $70 PS5 title now sports $40 microtransactions for cars. And for comparison on the PlayStation 4, the previous Gran Turismo title, the cars were $5 for 
for microtransactioning. That's yeah, that, in my opinion, not OK. Forty dollars as a microtransaction for a virtual car. Uh-uh. Can't get behind that. All right. Yep. Yeah, you've got a point. <laughs> I mean, that is I don't even know anymore. Yeah, that's just I don't have anything to say to defend it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. $40 to drive one car in car game. That's already $70. That's ridiculous. Yup. Gran Turismo be stealing more of your money. Next quick take. All right. Up next. GTA 5 and GTA Online PS5 and Xbox Series pricing announced no free upgrades offered. So Xbox launches at 50%, PS5 at 75% off, and GTA Online is free for the first three months on PlayStation. So yeah, it's pretty much that. The standalone version of GTA Online for PS5 is completely free for the first three months of release. After the first three months, the standalone game will cost $19.99. On top of a game that you probably already... I mean, to be fair, GTA 5 has been out for so fucking long that you can get it for, like, $5 at oh, this yeah. point if you wait for a good sale. Um, still, it seems really shady to throw in that price tag on top of a game that's been out for so fucking long. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, there are so many free next-gen upgrades. Like, Xbox, pretty much every game... If you buy it on the previous console, it will, for no extra charge, be available on the next-gen console as well. And that that's shady, that GTA just keeps trying to take people's money with the same game. We do know that GTA 6 is in production, but who the fuck do knows we? how long it's going to take? <laughs> do we know it's in production, I, though? I mean, I mean, they said it is. For what? what does that even mean? <laughs> I mean, GTA 5 is in the same basket as Skyrim where it's like, they don't ever need to make another game. They could just (laughs) keep doing this shit and people will always buy, you know? The 40th anniversary of GTA 5 is still available on every console in between. I saw this meme. Like, Mario Kart 8 came out around the same time as GTA 5. Did you know that? Did it really? About the same time, yeah. And there has not been new titles from either of those in quite some time. No. Wow. Yeah, I know. It makes you feel old, right? It it definitely does. Up next, Sony's PlayStation and Nintendo suspend sales in Russia over the Ukraine war. It's hard to talk about articles like these where you don't get political. Um, Yeah, I was wondering when we were going to have a topic like this with world events. Yeah, it's... It's hard to not talk about because of everything going on. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much it, right? Just what's going on is right in the title. Uh, Right now, PlayStation and Nintendo are not sending any of their consoles to be sold in Russia. Now, if you're anybody who's thinking, oh, wow, maybe that'll help me get a PlayStation 5. um, Probably not. Probably not. No, I don't. I don't. Honestly, I think what they're probably going to do is they're going to cut down on production for consoles because they cut out some of the market. So they think they don't need to produce more consoles. Uh, So I imagine it'll still be just as hard to get new consoles. I disagree with that. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to get a PlayStation 5 right now that even if they took what they're sending to Russia out, they could send it somewhere else like North America or wherever and it'll still sell like hotcakes you know it's oh yeah 
Um, I think we can just leave the quick take at that. Nobody wants to work with Russia. And I mean, it goes on a little bit further, like uh, Nintendo delayed the release of Advance Wars, which we talked about a few episodes ago and how a lot of people around the globe were really excited about Advanced Wars because it's a classic, amazing title that everybody loves. And due to right. what is happening and what Russia is doing, Nintendo decided to delay that. And uh, speaking of which, actually, the next quick take is also uh, Epic Games is doing the exact same thing, which is basically it. They're halting sales in Russia. So to all of the Russian listeners, um, you will no longer be able to play Fortnite. Um, so, I mean, basically, the gaming industry as a whole is also kind of taking a stand against Russia and everything that's been going on with Ukraine. So, uh... Take that as it is. All right. Ooh, ooh, next one's mine. Take it. Our next hot take is coming from Twitter, and it is coming from Dead Space's Twitter account. And we got a, we got a release date, kind of. It's about goddamn for... time. Yeah. The remake for Dead Space, the original, will be arriving sometime early 2023. It's all they say. Hashtag dead space. How confident are you in that date? Um, I actually am pretty confident in that date. I honestly thought dead space was going to come out this year. But if, if it's coming out early next year, then I have no fears that this is actually going to be a quality remake and we're not going to get another piece of shit. Destroy all humans remake. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> right? Ugh. Uh, love it alright one last thing this is another tweet coming to us from the page for Yu-Gi-Oh card games straight from Konami Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel summons 10 million downloads to celebrate we're giving away 1000 gems as a login bonus to all players between uh, now and March 31st so if you are one of the Master Duel players and you want to get in on some free gems now's your time to do it now I'm going to be honest 1000 gems in the grand scheme of things is not a lot but get you 10 packs of cards 10 packs of cards that's right that's right so uh do with that what you will go get some and i mean free packs are free packs like they didn't have to do anything so yeah it's kind of nice. just it's a nice little hey we're we're being successful so we want to give back to the players go Yu-Gi-Oh. go konami fun fact five of those downloads are me <laughs> three of them are me yeah Where yeah yeah i got my PC, Xbox, and Switch. PS5, uh, PC, my work PC, my Switch, my cell phone. Damn. I got... love Master Duel, dude. I, Dude, I've already put in like 50 hours. I'm I'm stoked. I like this game a lot. You really feel in the heart of the cards. It's not feeling me. I'm still at gold three. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm at gold four, so I'm catching up. Shit. Shit. All right, my man, how about we do some game releases and get out of here? How would you like to do them today? Let's go. All right. On March 16th, we have Paradise Killer for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. Also on March 16th, we have Tunic for the Xbox Series, Xbox One and PC. On March 17th, we have Anno Mutationum. You did your best. On March 17th, we have Anno Mutationum for the PlayStation 4 and PC. 
Monster Energy Supercross 5 for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. So all of you Kyles out there, that Monster Energy Supercross, (laughs) it's for you. Persona 4 Arena Ultimax for the PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. And finally, on March 17th, we have Shredders for the Xbox Series and PC. On March 18th, we have Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. On March 22nd, we have Rune Factory 5 for the Switch. We miss Peaches for the PC. And did I trick you with that? Ha ha gotcha. Bye, Peaches. Damn you, Peaches. Damn you, Peaches. How did you make it in the script? Well, because he wrote the script. You can't fuck with our teleprompter. We don't know what to say. (laughs) All right. And I think that's about it. We got a solid episode. That was a lot of news. We got a solid episode. We're down. We're down two of the gang and our, our hopes are crushed. But, you know, we're still fighting. Although what's funny is tonight you're actually going to meet Peaches for the very first time in person. And I know I made this joke earlier, but don't be prepared to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's going to be a game tea reunion and it's going to be great. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. So um, I guess there's just two of us today. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. All right, now you say Zach's line, and then I'll give him a kiss. The biggest, wettest. (laughs) Oh, that was that was disgusting. I don't take that out. You want to try again? No, (laughs) no, keep that. That was funny. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.